Don't Smoke Connection Podcast Network listeners, welcome to episode three of Behind the Connection. I am JT. Excited to be here. I've really enjoyed doing these first couple episodes, and I appreciate all the great feedback I've received as well. Seems like uh, you out there have enjoyed this as well. If you're new to the concept, I'm just bringing on different uh, friends and acquaintances and other podcast hosts and whoever else crosses my path as someone interesting that I want to talk to. We're going to chat for about 45 minutes to an hour. We're going to throw on some wrestling in the background and just see where the conversation leads us. We've had two interesting characters to kick off this series, Rocco Martone and Peter Winson. And I wanted to keep it going. I wanted to keep the interesting character train a rolling. So joining us tonight, you hear him across a couple different shows here on the North South. WCW Must Die also does. Uh, takes on the unenviable task of previewing all the modern day uh, special events for WWE. And that is my friend, Ryan Gray. Ryan, how are you? JTM well. Thank you for uh, having me on this you know, early adventure of your beautiful podcast network. And... Uh, I'm looking forward to getting to it, man. Me too. Me too, bud. Uh, so usually what we do here is we put some wrestling on in the background as we chat, and I let the guest pick. So why don't you tell me what your choice of watching was for tonight? Well, since you know you, you gave me that nice intro, and I do take the task of modern wrestling, I was thinking, hmm, you know, what is my kind of go-to comfort food of watching wrestling? And it, it is a Royal Rumble or a Battle Royal, whatever. So I said, all right, you know. You know, what's been the best battle royal in the last, I don't know, what, 10, 5, 10 years? And I'm like, you know, let's just do the 2018 men's Royal Rumble from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. All right. It's a hell of a choice because it is regarded as one of the greatest formal matches, not just of recent times, but of all time. Yes. So we are paused at 59 minutes and 55 seconds. It's available, of course, on Peacock. Give you a second if you want to pause this and load up. Ryan, are you good to go? I am good. All right, let's start playing this in three, two, go. So I was actually at this show. Oh, nice. Yeah, in Philadelphia. We went to NXT the night before, where I, I saw what I think is the greatest match I've uh, ever seen live. Oh, the Almost and Gargano one? No, or the Andrade? Uh, yeah. yes, Andrade and uh, Gargano, which was amazing live, and oh. I think holds up to rewatch very well. Yeah, it's either... It's probably the greatest NXT match is involving probably, at, excuse me, Adam Cole, um, Gargano. It's just kind of mm-hmm. which flavor you want to go. Is it Cole? Is it Amos? Is it Ciampa? Kind of one of those things. I'm a, I'm a Cole guy, but that almost is probably second for sure. It was amazing. And I think looking at it, it's probably like one of the strongest weekends of WWE wrestling I've ever seen. Because I was Did trying to make like... Show? Not that year. In 15, we went to the ROH show oh, and then Rumble 15, which stunk, <laughs> other than the big, the Brock <laughs> match, which was awesome. But yeah, I mixed that up. I mixed that up. Yep. And I was thinking, I went to like, I went to New Orleans. So I went to TakeOver in New Orleans, which is, I think, probably the best TakeOver. But yep. Mania 34 was shaky. Um, So I think this is it. Like, cause this Rumble show is excellent. Like, the women's Rumble is really good. Yep. And the men's Rumble, like you said, is like one of the best ever. So, and then you this... put that, stack that on top of Andrade and, um, uh, Gargano. Gargano. Yeah. You also had on that you had the um, Alistair Black Adam Cole Extreme Rules match too, which mm-hmm. was also very good. And um, I'm sure you had an Undisputed Era match too, or whatnot. But uh, yeah, 2018 is a sneaky, very good year. There's a lot of good quality. It, it stinks that that God Rhino's in this. <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> um, it it stinks that Mania is not better. Because I think with a better mania, it could have been a really strong 
overall year because SummerSlam is pretty good too, right? Isn't it, is that the year with the Brock four way or is that 17? No, that's 17. See, like with WrestleMania 34, if they if they had that with two nights like they do now, that's like kind of perfect, really. You know, you can separate that Charlotte match. Well, first of all, WrestleMania 34, the first two out. Yeah, you say two hours because it's five <laughs> hours long. But the first hour and a half, two hours is really good leading, you know, past the Ronda match. Right. You got the Charlotte Oscar match. You got that IC triple threat. The tag match is a sprint, but it's fun, you know, and then you just start slogging after that because it's a fucking. Well, AJ out. knock was disappointing. Yeah, uh, I think that was a linchpin. You know, I think Aaron and I have talked about this on Noel's bar, but like if that match is better, I think that mania is better. You know, what I mean, like I think that that match was like the make a break match. Brock and Reigns was just kind of washed up at that point as far as a few like is they were never going to recreate the magic in that setting. No. And they do the whole thing with the last minute change on the finish. And Which our, I was for, you know, I was for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, yeah, right. It's fine. I mean, it's whatever. But yeah. My my view of that show is weird, too, because my, our seats were like fun. they were good seats. But the way the Superdome was set up, like we were under one of like we were under another tier and there was like no sound. Like you couldn't hear anything. So we were in the we, same we, same boat, man. Were you across from the entranceway? Yes. You're right, probably right next to us. <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, probably was. But yeah, it was right across the entranceway. You had like, it's a super dope. So you had like the rafters under you or above right. you. Excuse me. Yep. Yeah, it was no sound. You had like, did you have the TVs like yes. hanging? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So we're in the same spot. Agree with yeah, all you. You just couldn't hear anything. It was like, so it really dampened the show for me because you just couldn't hear the crowd reactions. You couldn't even hear the theme music really. Um, so it kind of it took you out of being in that live experience a bit. Uh, I mean, it was still obviously an amazing weekend and takeover was awesome. But uh, that show itself, I think, ends up being a net negative more than a positive, as most modern manias, I guess, end up being. But uh, <laughs> so here's that whole card for the Philly show. Undisputed Era fought Authors of Pain, Velveteen Dream versus Cassius Ono, Ember Moon and Shayna Baszler, which was good, Black and Cole, and then Almas and Gargano. We finish. We finish strong. A little shaky early, but you know, no real depth. But see you, Corbin. Um, yeah. How about New Orleans? Skinny. That's like the perfect destination for a WrestleMania, is it not? Oh yeah. I mean, they should just go there every. I don't know. What do you think? Like five years, I guess, or four years. <laughs> like, like yeah. It, it's, COVID kind of messed that up a little bit, but yeah. Every. So what? They went thirty, then thirty-four. So yeah, four years is kind of perfect. The yeah, like I don't want to screw other cities with my plan, but if I were them, I would make it very Super Bowlish, and I guess they kind of have, where I would just pick like five cities and rotate it, and that's so you kind of know where it's going to be, right? So it's like Dallas, because you want to cover all the areas. So if you go Dallas, uh, New York, which you're going to have at least you know every five years or however often you want to do it, um, New Orleans, Dallas, New York, those are the big three. Then you need a West Coast one that could rotate if you want to rotate like Vegas, L.A., Phoenix, whatever. And then a Florida one in the rotation. So either Orlando, Tampa, Miami. So, so yeah, like, you're, kind of, you're kind of spread everywhere. Midwest, you're in Dallas. Yeah, you're kind of cool. Yeah, so you kind of cover everything, right? So if you plug in New York as like your – you know, you need every five. I mean, you could do like every six, you know what I mean, and just kind of rotate around like that. Have like a wild card one in between or something. Yeah, I think, and I think that's kind of what they're doing anyway. So yeah, 
Um, all right, so dial it way back, Ryan. How old are you? I am 36 years old now. All right, so 36. So when did you first start watching wrestling? My first memory is Andre the Giant and Red Trunks. And I, my father always, always watched baseball or whatever, and I always thought, like, they would that Red Trunks, Andre Giant would always stick out in my head. And I was... I always thought it was on like Sports Center, and you know, and then you know, c- grow up or whatever. And I just remember asking my dad a few years ago, being like, "Dad, you know, wh- where was wrestling on when I was a kid?" Like all mm-hmm. I can remember is Ronda- Andre the Giant and Red Trunks. I'm like, it doesn't eat me away, but whenever I think about it, I get very nostalgic, and I kind of want to know. I want to find this footage, really. So he's like, "Oh, that was Nesson." So I'm like, "Nesson, hmm. the, the, the sport, like the Red Sox channel." He goes, right. "Yeah, that was that was Nesson." So I'm like, "Ah." Regional Sports Network, Nesson, right. New England Regional Sports Network. So I'm like, all right, so Nesson played the MSG. So Andre the Giant, Red Trunks, MSG. Have I gone find the footage? No, I haven't. But I, I well, want it one day, and I will. Would they have showed MSG, or they aired the Boston Garden shows on Nesson? So, Did I say what? MSG? Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, it's probably Boston Garden, yeah. I meant Boston Garden. I'm so used to saying MSG for all these <laughs> stuff or whatever, but... uh insert boston garden when i said msg so so if he's in the red trunks that's gonna be pre-86 yeah but i'm not remembering when i'm like well i remember when i'm a kid like three like what how do i have this red trunks in my memory that's my whole that's my whole thing you know because he has the singlet on at wrestlemania at wrestlemania three so i'm like i don't you know he loses the when he comes back with bobby after the suspension in 86 is when he switches to the singlet. So yeah. he's in the, the short tights all through 86. But yeah, you would have only been four. Two. Yeah. So I'm not rem- I'm not yeah. remembering this at two. Would have been two. Yeah. So I don't know how these red trunks stick out in my head or if like I'm a super baby genius. <laughs> but these red trunks, Andre, stick out in my head and it's bugging me. But other than that, my other earliest memory is WrestleMania, excuse me, SummerSlam 91, Ted DiBiase promo about to go out to Virgil. And I remember laying on my father's bed and just he had the hot box for the night. And my mother's like, you got to go to bed. It's because like, in retrospect, it was a Monday night, <laughs> you know. So he's like, you got to go to bed. So I'm like, I'm seven at this time. And she's like, you got to go to bed. And my dad's like, I he either said I have the hot box for another night or I'll get the tape from Willie <laughs> two streets down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so was he a big fan? No, that's the thing. He wasn't a big fan. I asked him. I was because I remember. I, of course, I remember him bringing me, but I never remember him watching with me. So he says, "Yeah, I used to watch it with my friends a little bit." And he would always say, "Chief J and Bob oh, yeah. Backlund." Nice. You know what I mean? So those are always the go-to. So he wasn't a big fan, but I think his friends were fans. So right. that benefited me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And right. you know, they're always coming over the house and they're always talking to me about get wrestling or whatever. So that's kind of what got me going. Right. So you're watching on 791 parts of it. Were you like hard in after that or did it still take a while to like, is that just your first memory or is that was like your starting point? That's my memory of uh, viewing like TV mm-hmm. first, but I definitely remember like <laughs> my mother was, wasn't so keen. She put the Christmas presents under the tree. Right. So I would definitely open them like <laughs> before Christmas. And I'd be like, why are these like from Santa? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you? Oh, doing? they weren't even trying, huh? Yeah, like in retrospect, she was very lazy. I'm like, well, what are you doing? Right. So I'm like, or they wouldn't be tagged or whatever, and I would just open them and be like, oh, that's the Hulk Hogan, you know, wrestling buddy, or that's the Ultimate Warrior wrestling buddy. 
So I definitely remember opening those. And I definitely remember opening the WCW ring because the ropes were red. Right. So I don't, that's like, I definitely have a lot of toy memories, which is kind of funny now because once, like, since the last two or three years, I've been collecting wrestling toys and, you know, rewind. Okay, I get why. You know what I mean? So I don't really, and I remember, (laughs) like, watching a prime time when my mother would, because we shared a room for a little bit when we lived at my grandmother's or whatever, so I remember mm-hmm. her put on wrestling a little bit, but on when Murphy Brown was on commercial breaks. <laughs> remember Murphy Brown on Monday nights? Prime, oh yeah, primetime bringing in that Murphy Brown crowd off the uh, yeah off the commercial so, uh, breaks. We would get primetime. We get a share rating because on, on commercial breaks, <laughs> my mother would put it on for me, and I just remember like the nonsense of the stage and stuff. But um, so that's kind of my memory as a youth, kind of reaching back once you asked me to do this i kind of was like thinking and kind of reaching back and that's kind of what i remember and uh, i remember three going live at the worcester centrum or the worcester auditorium or whatever Mm -hmm. i definitely remember i remember which now i remember being a superstars taping because i sat behind the entrance and bret hart slapped my hand right so I don't, I don't know if it's the Worcester Auditorium or I don't know. I don't think it was the Worcester Centrum. I think it was the Worcester Auditorium because it was small. And my aunt bought me and my dad the tickets for what? I'm not sure. I asked my dad, but he didn't remember. <laughs> um, I asked him like I asked when I asked him about the garden because I did a plumbing job in his house. And uh, I just like he was helping me. So I just I was like, Dad, let me just ask you wrestling questions. And he just answered them the best he could or whatever. This is a few years ago right. because I wanted to find that Andre tape, but which why I don't remember it, but whatever you get it. Um, maybe they were just, maybe Ness was airing like an old, like replay. classic show or whatever. Yeah. Well, if I could find the footage, if there's only one with him with red, red trunks, then maybe on the internet, I could find the replay is what I'm kind of thinking. You know, I don't know. It's worth a shot. Well, if day. anyone out there is uh, well-versed on, Nesson's uh, airing, airing of any classic <laughs> Boston Garden House shows, reach out. Yeah, so if, connect, yeah, if I will red trunks for one night only, let me know, please. Landy's got to have the knowledge. Have you asked him yet? No, but I'll kind of, I've, I've been meaning to dive into that. If you, Yeah, if, well, just message him. He might he might know off the top of his head, honestly. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's an amazing uh, vault of knowledge. But, all right, so you're, you're watching along, you're getting some toys. Yeah. Early nineties. When like when did you fall for it? Like when did it become this obsession to the point where you're doing massive match date grade databases and all this other stuff? Like was was it right after that? Were you pretty much in and you're in? Because that's my story, but the interesting thing was everyone I've talked to so far, and yes, it's only been two people, but even beyond this show, yeah, <laughs> always seem to have a break, you know, and then come back. My break was brief. It was high school. Um yeah. It was high school and a little bit afterwards. Like I would play, I would play like slow pitch softball like four nights a week. So mm-hmm. obviously my wrestling, I had a Monday night league or whatever. So my wrestling viewing went down the tube. And in you, in uh, YouTube wasn't big then, nor was DVR really. So I kind of would just like I would read the results once a week or once a oh. month. But um, I definitely remember when Eddie Guerrero died. I had an AIM message, believe it or not, from my, my yeah. high school buddy who's like Eddie Guerrero died, and he's like. He's like, look at WWE.com. And I was like, really? So after that, like, I kind of remember flirting with it a little bit. And I think I jumped back in Armageddon 2005, which is so random because 
why not right like it's a, it's a another show it's, i was at it's a lot of oh, really no shit something. so yeah that was in providence yeah it's like a shitty december pay-per-view historically those pay-per-views are, are kind of garbage yeah that so, was pretty good though that one's not bad yeah so i definitely i remember i think i just got it or i went over a buddy's house and we just watched the undertaker randy orton blow off and i was kind of like this orton kid's cool man you know what i mean and then like orton was kind of my guy and then he kept kind of shit in the bed <laughs> through 2009 you know what i mean but definitely 2006 i was totally back i you was totally cowboy back. bob give the undertaker hepatitis live <laughs> sorry yeah. so high school for you then would have been 99 to 03 uh oh oh four oh four oh four so so nine oh one to oh four and um i definitely remember like football spaghetti dinners where we'd play friday night so thursday night smackdown and i was always that mark that would be like put on smackdown <laughs> and they'd be like all right whatever whatever you say ryan you know what i mean so i definitely remember watching smackdown at like these yuppies houses in like Marlboro, Massachusetts or Hudson, Massachusetts. And I didn't care. I'd be like, I want to watch SmackDown guys, throw it on. And we just did it, whatever. You know what I mean? They kind of just let me do whatever I want. Like it's high school football. Like, so when did you fade off a of raw though? So you start doing softball Monday. So this is always interesting to me because yeah. for me, my little blip was like the hottest raw stretch ever, but it sounds like yours might've been when things are starting to cool down a bit. Yeah. Like, like I, I I went to the Rumble 03, so I knew I was in there. That was in Boston, yeah. That was in Boston, and I went to Backlash 03. That was in Worcester, or Worcester, right. excuse me. <laughs> so I I definitely remember that, and I remember staying in line for that Worcester show to get the tickets, right? Because because it was there was no Ticketmaster or whatever. So I would say I was pretty dark probably after that to 05 and i wasn't dark like i watched wrestlemania <laughs> and SummerSlam every year you know right. what i mean but i don't have any recollection of watching the raws or watching the smackdowns but um yeah i was kind of dark until like the start of 06 is kind of when i went back into it when i started dating my wife now you know what right. i mean good timing yeah. uh so have you always been like because you're a pretty big wwe guy now like obviously you do yeah. like we said the pre pay-per-view preview shows and you're you're pretty dialed into the current day action more so than i think most involved like in this network yeah. and even our our group of friends on the internet yeah that we talked to uh but have you always been primarily a duty guy were you a wcw watcher oh god forever this quick shameless elimination by slater <laughs> that was pretty fun. what a moment though that must have been electric live um i definitely recall watching 90 1990 Saturday night at my father's because my parents divorced, so I remember going to my father's. And when I was at my father's, I was super nostalgic for wrestling because it's where I grew up and like like the stories I share, shared or whatever. And my father was never home on Saturday nights. We'd go up there, but he was never home. He'd send the pizza guy next to the bar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right, right. you know, hey, actually, Assumption College. Remember Wayne's Pizza? I don't think I've ever had Wayne's or, no. or Blue Pizza Works. No, we were Blue Jeans. Uh, Goldens, okay. I believe, was the other big one. And then we just did a lot of Domino's because Domino's, A, was super cheap for college kids yep. at the time. And B, like, they allowed you to use your campus cash, like your points. Oh, nice. You could actually pay with your food budget for Domino's, which was like a game changer. But we just destroyed, like, the 5555 five, five, five deal that they had where <laughs> the it was just, everything was five yep. bucks. It was, it was either, like, a small pizza, breadsticks soda like whatever you want right it was like all like the pizzas are all five bucks and everything else is cheap 
So we would just get like, you know, seven or eight five dollar pizzas for, you know, a handful of us and just like everyone got their own pizza or whatever. So Domino's was like the king for poor ass broke college students. But when we wanted to step it up a little bit, blue jeans, they had the the blue jeans BLT and the blue jeans buffalo chicken, I still get nostalgic uh. for. I was just going to say the Blue Jeans Buffalo Chicken. So, um, so everybody, as I'm growing up in middle, in high school or middle school or whatever, uh, so you're five years older than me. So I was born in yeah, December I'm of eight. Yeah, so I'm kind of not really going to my father's on the weekends in high school. So I want to, I don't want to say when you're at Assumption College, I'm a block over, <laughs> really, because I grew up right next to Assumption College in Worcester, where you went to college. So right. we kind of just missed each other a little bit there, but whatever. I might have been to an Assumption party or two during high school, but hey, who knows, you know? I don't but, think uh, anyone at Assumption even went to Assumption. Like a lot of the girls, <laughs> freshmen and sophomore year, they would go to WPI because they had the frats, and oh, then they yeah. kind of get sick of it. And then like the last couple of years were more dorm parties but I, so a few years ago we did like a little roommate reunion at my buddy charlie's house so the my my roommates from senior year the five of us got together at his house and adam murray who does the nba team podcast with andrew reach on the pop experience uh feed um uh, place i i told like he lives in uh like southern new hampshire now i think and i made a joke kind of like Oh, we should get blue jeans. And he fucking he, he drove this poor bastard drove through through Worcester on his way down on a Friday night. So he, he went through awful traffic, but he got us blue jeans and he got like seven grinders, buffalo chicken, BLTs, like everything. And we cut them up and ate them. And it was like our throwback night. It was amazing. It, it still That's tasted so cool. the same. And we drank Natty Light. We played beer pong, <laughs> beer diet. <laughs> uh, we did a we did a full ass throwback. Now, I even dug out my assumption like the senior T-shirt I had, and uh, we bought one of the snacks we used to always get that year was like the cheese balls, the big tin of cheese balls. So oh, we Jesus, bought one of those. So cheap and so good. Oh yeah. So we just did. Poor Charlie, <laughs> Charlie's wife, or I think it was might have been fiance at the time before they. Uh, I don't know if they were married yet, but we just like threw it back at his kitchen like just, just the five of us <laughs> being complete assholes just playing bear die late in the night eating shit food and throwing cheese balls around but yeah it was a good time and uh so anyway yes blue jeans pizza was my number one definitely like i remember sitting there being like shit like do we want to spend the six bucks on this like <laughs> sh- like should we do it or you know should we scrap together food i think it was like my junior year we'd be sitting there late and just be like oh we should just make another grilled cheese or something <laughs> like instead of spending the money but some nights we're just like fuck it we're getting the we're getting the blue we're getting the buffalo chicken so saturday nights <laughs> i love it so saturday nights i would watch wcw saturday night and we would get wade's pizza in like some different how do i say bar rat would bring us would bring us wayne's pizza because my dad would have a tab there because the the owner of gallagher's would own wayne's pizza and it's just kind of whatever he's like i throw a large cheese pizza rod for my kids and hey bring them up bring it up to them too like it was beautiful you know what i mean and then sunday football we would watch alone too because he had to go get stovetop or shake and bake for the dinner and he would just it was just it was just epic i love him for it and dad if you ever listen to us you never will but i love you and i appreciate you but uh that was kind of that we definitely watched so anyways we watched wcw saturday night and then we would watch the atlanta hawks or the atlanta braves like that was our thing me and my little brother but so that was i definitely watched wcw too and i definitely was locked in on the monday night war 
for sure. I would go over my grandmother's house, which is my house now, pretty, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. And I would definitely flick back Nitro Raw, Nitro Raw, and I would go heavy Raw because the Nitro replay was always on. <laughs> you know, right? That was a key, and it's. I, I feel like it's even more amazing when you think of Nitro's rating streak and the numbers they did. It just tells you how hot they were because there was that option to watch Raw and watch Nitro right after, you know? So it's like, but Nitro was so hot that you didn't want to miss it at nine because you didn't want to fall behind or, you know, have someone ruin it for you if they call you up or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was, it was crazy to think, like, even with the replay. I, I was like you, though. I'd mainly watch Raw, flip to Nitro, and then watch the Nitro replay, record the Nitro replay, watch the next day. Um, but it's, it, I feel like it's almost impossible to explain to someone that didn't watch during that time, <clears throat> what it was like to watch during that time. It's like, because you just didn't have the instant ability. Like you said, there's no DVR, there's no YouTube. You're relying on changing channels back and forth. Or if you had a VCR and you knew how to do it right, you could record one channel, watch another. Or if you may record at one TV, watch, watch on the other TV, re- watch the replay, but like, you had to see both. In 1997, you had to see both. You, you had just, to. You couldn't miss one. And if you did, like, you yeah. could go on the internet, but it was like, it, well, you know, unless you're Rocco, you could go on the internet, but it was like <laughs> so um, rudimentary. You don't know if you were going to get real results or bullshit spoilers or what. Yeah. And then at school, you had your WCW friend, you had your WWF friend. And like, which one are you going to talk to? You know what I mean? Because one, like my, I had two friends that would like, literally, it's like AEW and w, NXT now. They would fight over it and be right. like, I'm not watching that shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like you guys got Lex Luger. He's terrible. You know what I mean? I'm, and I'm in the middle. I'm like, guys, like, <coughs> here. So enjoy you know both. I mean? yeah, I like, I, I like both. And then like, uh, it was so funny, but uh, yeah, so I definitely, I definitely watch both. I'm nostalgic for both. I was definitely hot and heavy. And I remember like 96 Sean, Sean's run was like probably when I was the most invested. It's like right. Sean was always my guy in the rockers, him and Mr. Perfect for some reason were always the guys like I was glued to. And when Sean, you know, he rose up, I see, and then he wins the rumble in 95, 95 rumble. I definitely watched live. Cause it was a Saturday night and my dad borrowed the hot box from Willie hundred <laughs> percent. But, um, or he might've had his own by then. I'm not sure. But um, I definitely watched the 95 Rumble, and then I was heartbroken when he lost. I didn't watch that pay-per-view. I didn't watch WrestleMania 11 live, but I, when I found out he lost, I forget how I found out he lost. I was, like, heartbroken. So you're kind of in my boat where you got to earn the come up in 97, 98 when wrestling got yeah. red hot because you kind of went through 95, 96. Mm-hmm. Was that wave something – like, did your – because you you were younger, so it's a little bit different, but – did your friends that were fans increase as things got hotter? Like, for you, like for me, I was very alone. Like, 93, 94, 95, I had maybe, like, two people I talked to about wrestling, right? Yeah. And then, all of a sudden, like, it's red hot, <clears throat> 97, 98, like, people come out of the woodwork, and it's a thing, right? Which is funny. Like, all my close friends now, I can think of pockets of where they were fandom. Like, my friend Nick, for instance, he, uh, he just... He he moved in next door, and I remember him giving me an Ultimate Warrior figure. He was like, I don't like wrestling anymore. Let's go shoot basketballs. I was like, right. what? Just out. He's like, yeah, he's like, I'm out. Here's my, like, it was an Ultimate Warrior uh, bone crusher. He's like, I'm out. You can have them, and here's, like, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. I don't want to deal with it anymore. He's like, let's play let's play poker and trade cards and play basketball. I was like, all right. He's like, go ch- how, many, how much change does your dad have? <laughs> 
I'll go get my dad's change. You get your dad's change. We'll play poker. You know what I mean? I was like, all right, but you don't want to talk wrestling anymore? He's like, no, nah, I'm just done. Here's my stuff. I'm like, weird. Right. I, I, sometimes I'm always jealous of people that have that switch. <laughs> that just like turn it off. Um, yeah. But also not because I'm I'm happy to have been a lifelong fan because of what it's brought to my life. But it's just, it's always interested me. And Aaron and I, I think talked about this on the podcast one time. Was like, would you ever think about what you would do with all that time? You know, what I mean, like all that free time and mind space and like I feel like I could be solving all sorts of world problems with the mind space I've spent cluttering with wrestling knowledge. But um, Jesus, Jesus Christ, JT, I li- like I'm a pipe fitter now, so. If I'm welding or pipe fitting or whatever, pretty much I'm listening to nine, ten hours a day of podcasts, and it's Dang. and it's probably eighty percent wrestling. <laughs> if it's nostalgic, if it's modern, if it's rumors, if it's bullshit, and then I'll like listen to part of my take and Bill Simmons and a few other ones, you know, just so I'm not a complete psycho with this shit. So are you are you a Simmons guy still? And I'm being a Boston guy. Yeah, I can't break them, even though sometimes I'm like, shut the fuck up, Bill. Like, you know what I mean? I can't, like, I'm still into it, I guess. I don't know. Maybe that, maybe that's why I still watch the modern stuff. But I don't mind them. Like, I can't miss him and Co- Cousin Sal against the lines. I can't. So I'm, I've been out on Simmons for a while. I, don't I was um, I was a big fan. I was a big fan in, like, the mid-2000s when he was, I think it was right when he went to ESPN after being the Boston sports guy. And... It was unique. It was different. Like I was into all the pop culture stuff he was talking about. And then, you know, he was obviously an early, him and us, right? We're an early adapter podcast. I remember listening to his early stuff. Yeah. And I mean, Cousin Sal's been there forever. But I just, the more I listened to him and the more options that arose, I just got like more annoyed with him. 100%. Yeah. And if I I had to pick between him and Rosillo, I'd take Rosillo all day now. Well, and like even his friends, like I like I always liked House, but like Jacko, as a fellow Yankee fan, like he annoyed me because he was so self-loathing as a Yankee fan. It would piss me off. Yeah. But the thing with Simmons that I always hated was that he would never own like being wrong, and he would always have to make an excuse for why. And like after a while, it was obviously he wasn't following enough to be. Yes giving the opinions and picks and insights that he would give. Right. Like, and then he would be like, Oh, my picks are awful this year. It's because I've been on book tour or whatever, but it's like, you just like, you just admit it. Like, I just don't watch as much. <clears throat> hey, listen to these other experts. So it was just became this whole, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, just, it's just weird. I just, I just went hard out on him like fast. Like it's, my it thing is, yeah, my thing is, like, this episode, oh, you're a big movie guy. Oh, this episode, you're, oh, you're a big wrestling guy. Oh, you're a big baseball guy. You're a big basketball. Like, it's just like, you're, you are full of shit. But I don't, I don't know if I'm hate listening or, I don't know. I still appreciate some of the things he do. He is a good interviewer. I'll give him that for sure. That has always been his strength. He's a great, great interviewer. Those are always some of my favorite episodes when he'd have, like, the random interviews. Um, in the early days, like, early BS show, you know, 08. 09 10 like in there like when he was really you know he'd have corolla on and stuff i used to listen to the corolla show a lot too in the early days of his podcast so that yeah. that was like the wild west podcast days like you had yes. simmons corolla um was then it was like, like the espn app or something yeah yeah it was yeah <laughs> so it was hard to get and there was no ipad no iphone so it was like you yeah. had to download them on your computer and listen or you could put them on your ipod pretty much but you couldn't stream them. You had to like download them to your iPod and listen. Um, 
And then there was, you know, Lagana did the wrestling one. And so, like, there was a couple of wrestling ones early on. But it was it was an interesting time period. Uh, but, no, Simmons, yeah, I mean, Simmons up, definitely paved sure. the way. I think it just got to the point where I liked everyone's opinion but his. Like, I was a religious reader of Grantland. Mm. And I admire his work. I'm just in the habit of it. You know, like, I like I do like The Ringer to an extent. Some of it's kind of, like, a little Loki or whatever. But I've gone out. Yeah, I, I was in early on The Ringer, and then I faded quickly off of it. I, I, yeah, just... Like too many people took on his personality personality on yeah. there. Like, yeah, yeah. for I mean, sure. But um, he's lived the dream. He made himself a billionaire and talking sports and pop culture and using all his friends as part of it. So it's it's you know maybe a little bit of jealousy mixed in there too. But um, <laughs> I also think at some point, like he was naturally gonna. He just took on so much. You were never gonna be able to watch and talk about everything as an expert. My my problem is he just didn't own it. Yes, that's just say, which is hey, fair. Just say, hey, you want rest? You want great football takes? Check out, um, you know, Robert Mays or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, uh, is that his name? <laughs> Not Billy Mays or the other guy, Rob Mays. Uh, whoever, like, he'd have the football guy. He'd have the bass. Like, like say, hey, here's the real experts. I'll just give my takes. Right? He still yeah. passed himself off as like the authority. When you know, I just felt like he was past that point. There's still some. There's definitely some thin skin within him. But oh, big time, big time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, 96 is my wheelhouse. That HBK run kind of totally made me fall in love with it. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know, man. He was just my guy forever. And I, I re- WrestleMania, actually, WrestleMania 34, like I was not the richest kid growing up. Mm-hmm. I re- like, real quick, I remember this one was is definitely a funny story. I would, WrestleMania 9, right? I remember stealing all the quarters and nickels and whatever out of my father's house to be like, Dad, can we get this pay-per-view? He's like, you stole all my money to get this pay-per-view. He's like, you collected all my change to get this pay-per-view. He's like, you can ask your mother. If, she want, if she'll get it, I'll buy it. And she didn't get it. I was like devastated. You know what I mean? And like, in retrospect, I'm like, good thing she didn't waste her money yeah, on that. Yeah, you didn't much, yeah. <laughs> but, I, oh, but tapes, VCRs, like Blockbuster... All day, every day. Like I'm, I'm renting nothing else but wrestling movies. So did all. you? So being in the Northeast, like we had some exposure to ECW. Um, I, I personally didn't. But have, like, where were you at with that? Was that on your radar at all? A little bit. Um, I remember putting the Spanish Channel on and seeing tie dye, and like guys yelling in an empty room at the camera, and I'm like, what is this? Like, is this, and then like they would just the quick camera cuts and then it's action. I was like, so in retrospect, that's the Dudley boys. You know what I mean? I remember watching a Dudley boy promo and I was like, wow, this is kind of crazy. Like this is the Spanish channel 27. And, uh, what is this in retrospect? It's ECW. And then I would, I remember reading about it a little bit on the internet. Cause I definitely had that internet buddy at school mm-hmm. that was, uh, being like, Hey, did you know this was happening? I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, go on wrestling pro wrestling.net. OneWrestling.com. Well, one of those, yeah. He wrote it down, and I went home, and so this is eighth grade, so this is ninety nine, two thousand. So I definitely went home on my computer and dialed it up, and it took forever. And I, uh, I went on that website and I like read it every day because I remember when when you didn't read it, it was blue, and when you read it, it was purple. So I had everything have to be purple, so I had to read that page. You know what I mean? Still the same way. That's how links still work. Um, <laughs> so you were early. So how early on the internet were you? Uh, so this so is late nineties, early two thousand. Right, when did you start? Like, do you remember when you first got the internet? When you first became aware of like the internet in general, but also as a wrestling fan, like on the internet? 
one of the Christmases had to be 98. 98 or 99 Christmas. No, we had it for 2000. So I would say 1998 Christmas is when I got my Comcast computer Compact. box. Compact. Compact. Thank you. Yeah, my compact computer. I, I definitely remember that, getting that with the dial-up. <laughs> yeah, right, I was, so a little bit later than me, but still in that same time frame. Yeah. Um, where it was like, a, again, Wild West with rumors and news and stuff everywhere but yeah i mean you think back again to those days like i mentioned one wrestling.com before that's where dave share started with the daily lariat where he'd have all the news and he'd recap raw and nitro and uh everything going on i started reading crz around that time our buddy christopher robin zimmerman um it was a really cool period to to you know be learning about what was going on and diving into this stuff but to your point that's how i discovered ecw2 was on the internet probably a little bit in the magazines Mm-hmm. But I think mainly, uh, mainly on the internet was where I started to really dive into ECW and become aware as well. But well, I don't, I don't remember if we had it locally. So Rhode Island was weird. We had like, if you were northern, like Providence area, you would actually get Fox 25, which was Boston's Fox Channel, mm-hmm. uh, along with 64, which is Providence's. But where I was, you only got 64. So I didn't have 25, which is, I think, maybe where ECW would air sometimes. Um, but I, I never saw it until, like, I saw, like, a pay-per-view that Adam bought in, like, 99. And then when it went on TNN, I watched everything. Yeah, I was, and then I was going to say the second one was TNN on a Friday night. <laughs> I definitely remember watching that for sure. Um, we also share a, a memory, too. We were both in, te- in attendance for the Mankind win. You um, were there? Yeah, I was there. I sat. So it was Christmas break, right? Yep. And it was snow. Yep. It was. So it was Christmas break. So every Christmas break, I would stay with my grandmother's after Christmas, mm-hmm. the house I live in now that I bought, right? So down the street was my buddy Andy, and he had like three brothers. And I remember one of the brothers got sick, and the dad took me to Raw. Are you fucking kidding me? Right? That's insane. The luck that, I mean, I feel like we both have a similar, like we only really went because we got the free money back from the Goldberg no showing that, <laughs> that WCW house show Providence um, that we spun around. <laughs> I also went with Andy, my friend, Andy yeah. uh, to there, but yeah, man, that was an incredible night. So where were you sitting? Oh, we were up there. Like we were, we were up there and it was like, it was uh like, like near the Titantron, like the balcony, like off to the Titantron kind of thing yep. so i was up i was up there you know what i mean i was like in the middle of one of those sections i like wasn't the last one before the titantron ended with the curtain but i was like very close to the middle of that I yeah those, that. those are some of the best seats i've ever had we were like five rows back on the floor behind the commentary oh wow um, so we were like right behind cole and king i think five or six rows or so so it was intense like the brawling with dx Dude, and the corporation uh, was like right in front of us and then, and then when that hit, the music hits, it's just, I, you still get chills. Even if oh, you're not, yeah, goes, you get chills. Yeah. Unbelievable moment, yeah. man. It was, yeah, I mean, it's, again, yeah, I feel like it's one of those ones that's hard to explain unless you were there. Mm-hmm. Just because of how incredible Foley's story was. And also, like, it was a taped Raw. Like, nothing ever happens at a fucking taped Raw. You know what I mean? Like, like no. it was just crazy that they did it. It just wasn't. And it's expected. December. And it's December. Nothing happens in December. Right. And I, I was actually mad originally because 
January 11th was the next live one, and Undertaker was making his return on that one. Remember, as the minister, mm-hmm. like that was, and that was rumored for weeks. And I was like, oh, we're gonna get the shitty taped Raw where they're just gonna hold everything in place because the 11th is gonna be the big one with Taker coming back and everything. So I did not expect at all that. Yeah. They were gonna oh. do like a because it wasn't even scheduled. Like they they book it in the beginning of the night, so it's not like. It was scheduled, but it's the closest to me wrestling has ever been to like a sporting event, like mm-hmm. with the elation in the crowd. It was like your home team winning like a championship. Like, that's what it felt like, like just like high fiving, hugging strangers. Like it was just incredible energy that I don't I mean, I don't know if it's ever really going to be topped. And I don't I don't know how to explain like, what 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 wrestling events you feel would compare to that of someone in the building. Like I would picture like it was like with Daniel Bryan at 31. So like when he, you know, in New Orleans at 30, if you were in that crowd, it was probably similar to what we felt with Foley. Yeah. I feel like there's probably not like a ton of those moments in history. There's great moments. There's classic moments, but that feeling of this beloved underdog character winning the world title that nobody was upset about. Everyone's elated. Like, just euphoria. Like, I feel like this can't be that many like that. Well, not with the euphoria and the, like the, the happiness or whatever, but like edge winning in, uh, the old six would be a cool memory to be in. Cause that kind of came out of nowhere too. Um, but that's not on that level. And that's the, he, he was a heel, you know what I mean? And it's the first time cashing in money in the bank, but, um, it, not at Foley's level, but that, I don't know why that one popped in my head. That would have been pretty cool. That was a Knickerbocker arena, right? Uh, Yes. Yeah, that was, that was uh, Albany. But, the, uh, yeah. I, I mean, maybe Hogan Warrior, Hogan Rock, like that level of stuff is probably up there. Yeah, uh, it's hard, man. You know, because Austin's first, uh, you think of the big stars, Austin's first win was at WrestleMania, and it was kind of like. You knew it, yeah. Yeah, you knew it was coming. And you, the, the Tyson was there, kind of stealing the shine, and HBK shitting on it and stuff. So it kind of damper. It didn't damper it, but it was definitely. And even uh, even Brian, he pretty much knew he was going to win. Oh, hey, CM Punk Chicago. Right. That's that, up there. That's up there. The Foley one to me is just unique because it was so unexpected, though. Like, yeah, you even yeah. Punk was somewhat. You kind of figured he was gonna win. Like, I know you probably a lot of people doubted it because it's Cena, and you know who knew if Punk was staying or not. Brian, they could always I'm just think of a crowd. You know, crowd reaction, crowd right. pop. But not. But with you saying the love and the unexpectedness, yeah. Fuck, that really did make Foley. Huh. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was probably made before it, but that really. Yeah. I don't remember this at all. Miz with Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's, it's a big, years ago. This is always better with a heater. If it's Maurice or it's fucking the Miz, right. Mr. Raj, whatever. Or if it's Morrison. <laughs> it's crazy. That, yeah, this is like four years. This is like at Rumble 98, like to Rumble 94. Doesn't that gap seem bigger than this? Like now it's <laughs> late. Yeah, it's not. That's that. like, that's crazy. If you think about that, you know what I mean? Oh my God! Yeah, oof, not even close. I bet you there's not even ten, ten guys from no, not even. You think there's six? Maybe from ninety four to ninety eight. Yeah. Sean, six, but I mean he was in six his final and a half to change their gimmick. <laughs> yeah, I mean there's probably not many ninety four ninety eight. Quang and Savio Vega. Yeah. 
Uh, fuck. I mean, Sean's there. Taker's there. Yank, yeah. No. Yeah, fuck. There's not a ton. Rikishi there? Eh, no, he's uh, not. He's, uh, yeah, was Sultan in that rumbly, maybe? Maybe. Because he was Fatu and... Right. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. a good experiment. Someone let us know. <laughs> Compare those lists. Orin looks weird here with the full hair. Like, it's, Yeah, it's, it's like you, you go with the hair transplants here. What's going on? Yeah, he's got the slick back hair. It's odd. It's an odd look for him. So, he's like bigger, too. Yeah, so that kind of wraps up like my, my childhood into my teens. And right. then, you know, I, I mentioned 06, me getting back into it. And, you know, yeah, I start, you know, with my wife or whatever. I didn't really tell her I was into wrestling until she got pregnant. <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I knew her through high school, but it didn't take her long to get pregnant. Jesus Christ, it's me. You know, of course, she's going to fall in love and want to lock me up. It's pretty smart mm. by her, right? Mm. <laughs> but um really just settling my life down and becoming a father made me fall in love with it again and you know what i mean like i had all this free time at this, at this time i'm compiling compiling so many lists right. <laughs> like as like as a kid i would definitely do the royal rumble entrance and how they were eliminated oh yeah, definitely. yeah like i would definitely do that so yeah. that like how many WrestleMania? I would write down your WrestleMania wins. I'd write down, you know, your rec- records and shit like that. I was always into writing shit and keeping lists. So, at this time, in 06, the WrestleMania uh, DVDs came out, right? So I'm yes. going through those, and and before star ratings, I'm going through those and I'm ranking them. You know, one, th- you know, you got the 20 WrestleManias, and I'm trying to do my best to be like, oh, Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, was that <laughs> was that better than Macho Man and Hulk Hogan? Hmm, how do no I? wonder you found PTV in North South. It's like a natural yeah. fit. They're doing lists and ranks and everything else. So in in 06, 07, and 08, I have this WrestleMania MySpace MySpace page that i'm like throwing all these lists out in fantasy like i had a blog on my on myspace without realizing i had a blog on myspace so i'm like i have all these lists what do i do with them you know what i mean so i'm like well why don't i spot a myspace page <laughs> that is uh and and this is all still before Rocco had the internet, by the way. I just want to call that out. Um <laughs> Yeah. So Yeah, um, I mean that's it's similar like I think I started yeah, I mean, message boards and lists and blogs, like, in the mid-2000s. I mean, that was that's where it all began. So you started this. All right, so 06, you get back into it. When's yeah, I'm the, back. When's the pregnancy? 08, 09? June of, June of 06, buddy. <laughs> all right. We started dating 05 summer. I, like I said, she was smart. She locked me up, man. Uh, yeah. But we knew each other in high school. And things I fucked all our well, – whatever. I fucked all our friends. So it, it's whatever. She knew who she she knew what she was getting into. A mess. So a hot mess, JT. Hot mess. College. Right, so 06, 06 yeah. you're hard in. You're making your lists. Um, <laughs> checking them hard. twice. Yeah. And so since then, you did the MySpace page. Yep. Uh, no one's reading it but you. No you one's did the MySpace page. <laughs> like I'm messaging random people to talk about wrestling, and like <laughs> three people message me back, and they're like, "Hey, this is a pretty cool page." I'm like, "Hey, thanks, man." <laughs> and then one kid was like, "You really think Stone Cold and The Rock is by, was the thir- was better than Kurt Angle?" And I'm like, I'm like "What are we doing here?" Right, like I'm like, "Why am I messing?" Against. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, whatever. It's like I like did my top 50 WrestleMania matches at the time. You know what I mean? Right. And I remember doing a WrestleMania 23 preview and prediction. 
And I remember doing it for WrestleMania 24. And after that, it was, I think it was toast. <laughs> right. So did you have any, like, so you just kind of went over the next decade of like, just kind of taking in wrestling social media, not participating as much in like, this so is MySpace goes by the wayside. Did you yeah. do any writing for any websites or any hits on audio? Or is it just kind of, you just started watching again? It's like just, not again, but just watching. In O. Eight oh nine, I definitely bought a recorder or like mm-hmm. a transformer, but for fantasy for, for fantasy baseball podcasts, I, I made a bunch of fantasy baseball podcasts and they didn't go anywhere or whatever. But I definitely did that for like a I don't know six months, a, a baseball season, two thousand nine right. baseball season. I definitely did that, and I was like, oh maybe I'll do wrestling one day. It'd be fun, but then life gets busy, dude. You know what I mean? Like I joined the union, I'm working all these hours. I have a fucking family to support. <laughs> I buy a house. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where we at. And then really just growing up with the kids. So obviously if I'm watching wrestling, the kids are going to be in it very quick. You know what I mean? They're going to be into it quick. Like I asked my kid the other day, what's your first memory of wrestling? My oldest Landon. He goes, oh, Jeff Hardy. I'm like, oh, interested. So I asked Eli, separate, not a witness. He's like, oh, John Cena. I'm like, oh, it's cool. You know? So, and that evolves. I'm buying a million toys. Right. I'm buying them all the toys that I never had. You know what I mean? Uh, they're spoiled rotten. They get every fucking thing. Every time we're at Walmart, even when I wasn't having these kids in high school, if I go to Walmart Target, guess what? I'm still wa- walking by the toy section and I'm looking at the wrestlers, seeing what they got. <laughs> right, just who's there. Or, and then I'm going to the DVDs and seeing what's, even if I'm not into it, that's kind of my thing, you know? Right. And I'm sure it's everyone else's thing. But, you know, that's when you, know, you have a kid at 18, 19, 20 years old, JT. It's it's not the easiest. So right. you're in the house a lot. And, you know, you, I did buy a house relatively early. So I'm listening to the wrestling podcast. I'm watching wrestling DVDs. Every, geez, every every night I got to fall, fall asleep for the network. I'm putting a DVD in. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like, oh, yep. it took me a week to get through WrestleMania 8. <laughs> you know? So do you, do you still have your coll- the DVD collection? Is it packed yes. away somewhere? Yes, I do. And they there's nothing past 2014 right. when the network started. Yeah, it's similar for me. I got a couple, but not much. So you're eventually you get to 2018 ish and you start up a project, right? I start up this massive project. Yeah. You want to tell us uh, about it or you want to still keep it in the holster? I could tell you the gist of it, okay. which may be in, 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 you know, get somewhere or whatever. But uh, July 4th weekend, 2018. I watch Mustafa Ali versus Buddy Murphy on 205 Live on a, set, on a Tuesday night after we get back from the fireworks. I'm like, this fucking match is incredible. Four and a quarter stars, by the way. It's a no DQ match. I just put it on after SmackDown. I was like, I'll catch SmackDown later. So we got in from fireworks, whatever. And I'm like, like, how would this match line up for the last stuff that's been on TV forever? I'm like, I'm like, this is a C show, D show. You know, these guys are young guys, but they're excellent. And I'm like, where would this stack up? So I look at the Raw results from the night before. I'm like, this is way better than anything that was on Raw. I watched SmackDown. Right. I'm like, this is way better than anything that was on SmackDown. So and then like my mind starts shaking and moving. I'm like, would it be interesting if like, because I'm always in the lists, like we got mm-hmm. to. I'm like, would it be interesting if I did like the top five matches of the WWE per week? So I'm like trying to rack my brain around it. My buddy Rossi, I text him this idea. He's like, oh, that's a cool idea. I'm like, yeah, like, help me think of a name. Help me think of, still don't have a name, by the way. I'm like, help me think of, <laughs> just just be my 
listening wall. He's like, yeah, but I got you with your dumbass ideas all the time. So just just spew. I'll respond once in a while. That's what you know what I mean. That's pretty right. much what he's that's what he's thinking. He's my boy. He does that for me. So I like I just make the list. I I get organized. I go back to my roots, I guess, and I just but ever I got this Manila folders 2018, 2019, 2020. All so you're writing up. this down. You're not typing it. It's written. It's written. It's written. It's. I have a rough draft and I have a final draft written. Like I'm like I have the matches. So pretty much, I get a I get a reviewer that I trust, mm-hmm. right, or that I'm similar with. And if it's over three, I'll write it down. I'll I'll and then I'll go at the end of the week. I, on Saturday mornings, on Sunday mornings, I would go back and watch them all, and I'd be like, I would forget. I wouldn't write down the rating that the guy had. Right. So and then I would write down my rating. Off based off my formula or whatever, right? You know, you, you guys make your own. You guys are all fucking nerds. You get it. <laughs> so, and then I would do the top five, and then on the top, I would make the list on the top five, and then that's my final draft. So I, I have all these papers. I have all these. I'm organized. I'm ready to go. And then New Year's Day last year, I'm like, I'm putting this on the computer. So I end up like typing it out into this big long graph that I, I guess I showed you, and I have like. And since then, I had when I had to catch up on recent stuff and be like, because I had to watch the rest of 2018. And then there's periods where I haven't watched. Like I was rough in 2019. And right. really, honestly, COVID is what caught me off because I was laid off for two months, <laughs> you know, because, you know, during COVID, you're a pipe fitter. You can't work from home, you know. Right, right. So I was laid off for two and a half months or whatever. So I really caught up on all the because I kept tracking each week. Over, if you're over three stars and it's not a pay-per-view week, you're on the list. Right. So because you say what you want about modern wrestling, it's it's very good in ring. And there's yeah, a bunch oh yeah. of three stars. There's a bunch of three stars matches per week. And I want to know how good this Mustafa Ali and Buddy Murphy match really is in history. It, or not in history, but like right, right. recent history in recent history. Like this is an ex, this is a fucking fantastic match. Where does it where does it line up? So that's kind of this is only for WWE, right? This is only WWE because you can't mix it. It's a different, right. I don't want to be lame and say universe, but it's a different universe. Really? You know what I mean? It's a different style. A Young Bucks match is a different match from a Uso match. You know what I mean? Right. Kind of, if you if you think about it, it really is. So one day, will I do AEW? Maybe. I would love to if it was, you know, chronologically available where I could go through it. Right. You know? Sure, I'm not against that, but WWE? Under the NXT, NXT UK, 205, main event, Raw, SmackDown, Pay-Per-View, Saudi, Mix Max Challenge, Tribute to the Troops, May Young Classic. If it was on, I fucking watched it. Well, re- like I read, Three stars I watched Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and I would watch, I would read a review on the UK and the 205s or whatever, you know? All right, so it's quite the project that we got to leverage somehow. Yeah, we got we to gotta spit this out there. My goal is to get on the new year. To kind of get it rolling. Right. I still don't have a name. I have a list of terrible names, but yeah. you know how that goes. Um, but really, to wind this up, um, fuck. Like, I appreciate wrestling. It's brought me close with so many people, past and present. You know, like I said earlier, a lot of my friends, Even I, like, work at BJ's for, like, two years. And, like, this kid came up to me and was like, hey, you like wrestling? I'm like, yeah, who told you? He's like, ah. This other guy told me, he's like, do you know ECW's on tonight? I said, what? <laughs> he's like, you want to come over to my house and watch it? I'm like, 
all right, I just met you, but fuck it, you seem cool. You're, you're, right. you're, you know, you're from the meat department, and I push carts, but you're looking for a wrestling buddy? Yeah, I'll throw you twenty bucks and come over and watch it. So I went over there and watched One Night Stand live, two thousand five, which was fucking. Oh wow. Fantastic. Yeah. You so still I, talk to this guy? I still talk to this guy. The meat man. Is he still a meat man? He's the bakery man. No. Okay. I actually meat man. I meant bakery. Bake. Ah, sorry, Tim. I messed that up. But um. Yes, I still talk to Tim. He's a big AEW fan. Nice. He's a big. He was a big TNA fan. He is Mr. Anti WWE. <laughs> but there you go. Whatever, you know what I mean. Uh, obviously, it's not for everyone. If I, you know, right. I get it. I'm not like one of these like haters. Yeah. I'm not one of these judges. It's fucking wrestling. It's not Democrats and Republicans. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not Red Sox Yankees. It's well, fun. even that's not as hot as it used to be. Um. Uh, so, favorite of all time, Shawn Michaels? It has to be. Uh, Michaels, Punk, Brian. Okay. Least favorite of all time? Whew. Um, Alberto Del Rio, maybe? Oof, I never got it. Um, yeah. I'd like more time to think about that, but El- okay. Del Rio, you know, I never really hated anyone. I always appreciated most. You know, I... I yeah. Favorite live show you attended? Sheesh. Maybe probably that raw, but um, how can it not be? But um, I remember going to the Rumble that Kurt Angle Benoit match. I was super hot for that at the Rumble. Uh, Kurt Angle's definitely in my top too. I loved Kurt Angle. Did you say that's the best match you've seen live? Uh, it's probably one of my favorite memories live. I will live might be the Gargano Cole. Right. You know, that might be my best live match. Uh, the first Ciampa Gargano, you know, was a little overrated. Um, Takeover New Orleans, maybe. Yeah, I mean, amazing show. Takeover thirty. 30? Was that Bridgeport or 31? You were at that one too? I feel like we were at every show together. Yeah, we, we could probably we should actually com- consolidate a list and see. <laughs> so many were attended at the same time. Heart, uh-huh. like just watch, watching my old, not telling my old, my, my smart ass did not tell my oldest son that Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy were returning. <laughs> no, you can't. I can't. And then that was his first, first WrestleMania was 33 and just to watch him like live? Yes, I brought them the, I brought them, I, so I brought the I brought the family to 33, 34, 35. <laughs> yeah, so I was at 33 as well. And we had the tailgate before the event. And Brad Stutz came to the tailgate. And I don't know if you know Stutzy, but he was like the booker for CWF Mid-Atlantic for a while. And uh, he was in with the Hardys. He was actually the scribe during the Broken Matt Hardy stuff on TNA. You remember the, those <laughs> skits? Um, so he came with Graham, Graham Cawthon brought him and we're like grilling him at the tailgate. We're like, are the fucking Hardys coming back or not? Like, just tell <laughs> us. And he's like, I don't know. He's like, I really don't know anything. And I'm like, you fucking know. I'm like, just tell us. And he like would not crack. So I don't know to this day if he knew or not. I kind of so appreciate get, it. We get in the arena. We get to the stadium, which is an awesome set. Um, mm-hmm. oh, first beautiful. half That's of that a... show is awesome. Yes. And the Hardys are like my, one of my favorite tag teams of all time. So, I thought they did a really good job with the fake out where you think it's going to be oh. New Day. Yeah. 
And I have a video somewhere on my phone of the moment. And you just hear me like screech like a fucking, you know, <laughs> I love it. Horny chick uh, when the Hardys come out. And it was I, it's one of my favorite moments live for sure, too, because uh, the pop they get is just like incredible. And it's just a really super cool moment for them. Yeah, that pop is just awesome. You know, I mean, like I, you got goosebumps thinking about it and just like and like just peeking over at my son and just watching him just like fan out because I said Jeff Hardy was his favorite. And it just like it was it just made the it's because of, you know, it's a sacrifice to bring a family there, especially for the right. first time. You don't know what you're getting into and just to watch that and go. You know, we went to Disney and all that shit. And like it was just worth it, you know? <clears throat> yeah, I didn't go to that takeover. We went to. um so it's funny because that's the only one too. Like we went. So I was in Arizona for work. I took a red eye from Phoenix, and I barely got out from the um, the fuck is the crazy wind El Nino, whatever was coming through. <laughs> um, it was and it was like they were like about to start canceling flights. I just got out of Arizona. Oh, you must have been fucking stressed. Red eye to New York. I met Damato at JFK. Um. Or LaGuardia. It was LaGuardia. We met at LaGuardia. Uh, hop a plane at five in the morning after the red eye. Go to Orlando. Meet meet uh, Roger. And we're right at it. But then my wife and Roger's wife came down the next day. And so we did not go to TakeOver. We went to Universal, the four of us. And then we did all. They came to the tailgate. They went back to the hotel when we went to Mania. They didn't go to Mania. And then I went with my wife to Epcot the next day. But that was like the last year where I didn't do like the full shebang. Like I didn't do TakeOver. And I'm like, after a while, I'm like, okay, I got to stop missing. Like TakeOver was becoming such a big deal. And I had gone to TakeOver Brooklyn 2 at SummerSlam 16. And I'm like, like, what are we doing? Like we got to go to these TakeOvers. So starting from that on, <laughs> um, I made sure like the next few years we went to everything. But and it sucks. It's I'm like super nostalgic for the takeovers now, especially watching the one day of the night, the war games. The war games. 2.0. And it just like I'm I'm not against NXT 2.0 per se. Like I, I get why they did it, and I think it's been fine. Yeah. But it did watching it made me nostalgic for the dark, lit, like super indie loaded takeovers that mm-hmm. were bigger than the pay per view, that were an event in itself, and it made me sad knowing that. Even though, you know, we've been to Mania and SummerSlam and so right, like this year, right? We went to a bunch of the big ones yeah. and there wasn't a takeover. So, but it was like a weird year. So you just kind of, I just kept kind of thinking like next year it'll be back to normal. Right. And now knowing it's not going to be like that. Maybe. Oof. No, yeah. they're not going to do it. Especially with Night Mania. It. Like it's done. Oh like yeah. They do these special ones like on off months or whatever, but um, it kind of, it, I kind of get sad watching it a little bit thinking like it was such a cool those peak years was such a cool run. And I'm kind of mad at myself because I kind of missed a few of them early. Like I didn't get in on NXT. It's a little bit later than everyone else. Um, mm-hmm. But going to those, those takeovers from like 17 to, you know, 2020 or whatever, 2019 was like, it just like, it's going to be this moment in time that we're, I think we're just always going to look back and end up being nostalgic for like shit. Like we saw these unbelievable matches with these great, you know, whether, whether you were into some of the epics or not, like it was still like amazing talent. It's five match cards where like they're all great matches and like the atmosphere in the arena was insane. You'd go to a takeover 
and then go to Adobe Paper the next day, and it, you wouldn't even think it was the same company because of the difference in like crowds and stuff. Was and it would yeah. be the same arena. Like in Philly, it was like the same arena. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like you go to the, but it's just the takeovers had such a buzz and feel to them. Um, it was such an event, and it it just it sucks that like that's gone. And again, I'm not against the change. I get it, but it just sucks that it's not like that. That's gone now. Honestly, AEW kind of stole that buzz and that vibe. In retrospect, two years later, looking back. Yeah. In a way, yeah. you know, they're kind of the hot new thing for now. No, I don't want to say for now. They're going to be around. I'm not saying that they're not going to be around, but they're kind of the hot new thing where NXT was the hot new thing, 16, 17, 18, 19, you know? Well, and it was like, that was, it was so different because it wasn't, there was nothing else, right? Like there was Ring of Honor, which was kind of hot kinda... in the early 2010s. Yeah. Um, But you kind of had to be there more than like, you know, and the TV is like whatever. New Japan was hot, but not everyone was tuned into that. You're not TNA watching was, five in the morning. I right. used to wake up to watch five in the morning. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? You know, TNA is up and down. So when they created NXT, it almost felt like they finally did what they always wanted to do and create its own little competition. Um, and it was nothing else like it. But to your point, yes, AEW came on and caught fire and kind of out NXT and NXT right to the point where they had the blueprint in a way. You know, and then I can I, I get I get where Triple H and Vince had the fall. I don't want to say falling out, but the, like the different directions, you know, Triple right. H does the super indie. And for the first time in his fucking career, he's getting Internet love after being getting Internet hate for, for, for all <laughs> right. of it, pretty much. So he gets he falls in love with the love, you know, and goes from there. I, I think really. the problem was he couldn't. It, it, I think what ended up sinking it is that they couldn't keep the magic rolling they couldn't they developed but they couldn't finish it off and if you really look at it the guys he quote-unquote developed were all pretty much polished right um <clears throat> just coming off the indies or whatever but they could never they could just never transition right and i think in the long run that ends up being what doomed it like they needed to just they never shit or got off the pot right like they still kind of claim to be a developmental even though for a while they weren't like they were just another touring brand so you have to kind of either embrace it or just do what they just did, I guess, and go back to being developmental. But they never truly just embraced and said it's a third brand. And I guess they kind of did. But by the time they did it, AEW was being with their own game. But it's well, like it's their own brand and it's going to be its own thing. And it's not a feeder system. Because once you commit to Samoa Joe being your world champion and feuding with other guys that are in their mid-30s, it's like, okay, we're not really developmental anymore. We're just kind of a another version of WWE, right? Yeah, they had that lower you know, that underground look, that under minor league feel. And then when you go against AEW with that high budget look, well, higher budget look, and you're flicking on a Wednesday night back and forth, you're going to get caught, you know, when the talent's the same, you know, and the work rate's the same and all that. The stories are kind of both good. You're going to stick at the more appealing aesthetics, which was AEW, NXT, you're in a fucking dungeon, full sale or the PC, and you got fucking hockey boards and it looks like shit, really. You know, and that's kind of their downfall, too, is kind of their look. And they like so they went at it, but they didn't throw the money or the resources at it. They just went right. at it as is. Right. Yeah, I think there's a lot of missteps they'd look back at. I think the network, too, was a big one, you know, charging for all the pay-per-views, the same as WrestleMania. <laughs> I think there's like a few things they probably. Hey, I'm not mad at that. <laughs> well, no, it should be except for them. But yeah. I, I mean, I think they could have easily been a world where the big four pay-per-views were like thirty dollars extra on top of the network. Oh, and no one complained. Do you, remember, um, do you remember like getting like 
the vibe of this coming out in 2012 or whatever, and you're like, I'll pay 40 bucks a month for this. Are you kidding me? Oh, like, yeah. I, pay, I pay 40 bucks a month for a pay-per-view. Like, and then I was so mad that it wasn't on TV that it was on the internet. I remember being like, how is it on the internet and not on my direct TV? Are they stupid? And like, in retrospect, like, hello. They were cutting edge. They were ahead. I mean, yeah, yeah I was all in on 24-7 as soon as that launched mm-hmm. in 04. Like, I was on it as soon as I could get it when I moved home to Rhode Island. Because when I lived in Connecticut, Cablevision didn't have it. So, like, the first year I didn't have it. But then I got in on it. And that was, you know, whatever that was, four ninety nine, five ninety nine a month, I think, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was worth every fucking penny. They had the one on the web. And then, yeah, when they announced that, like, I mean, that was a topic that carried the early years of the Place to Be podcast. Like, me and Scott would spend hours on our podcast just talking about, like, fantasy booking a wrestling network and what we would show if we did it and this and that. And um, and honestly, it's probably come out better than anyone's wildest dreams. I would agree with that, even though I still think they fucked a lot of it up. <laughs> but, yeah. Like, I would say I would say they botched a bunch, but it still ended up being better than you probably would have expected them to deliver on. And I, I'm not, again, I'm not an anti-Peacock guy. Like, I know there's a lot of people that are angry about it. Like, I, I don't find it that difficult. I think it's been fine. I, honestly, I find it to be less glitchy than the network was, for sure. Like, I have less issues. They, over... Yeah, it's, I'm sure it's a bigger, I'm not a computer guy, but I'm sure it's a bigger database. Bigger yeah. server, for sure. Yeah. Whatever it is. A lot more money behind it. Um, and it's half the price. You just got to deal, or if you don't want the ads, it's whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't even know what I well, pay for. Not it. that we're penny pinching over five or ten bucks a month. Right. But. Well, so, some are, and rightfully so. But it's to me, like it's even if you don't watch the live stuff, it's always been worth it, especially for people like us that use it for all these different podcasts and projects and stuff. But um, anyway, you so can we'll, watch we'll, Stay by the Bell or Peacock on Peacock if you want. There you go. All right, man. I said we weren't going to go over an hour, and here we are at an hour ten. As you and predict. this Nakamura, you winner. Nakamura is the winner. It was a cool moment, too, when he won. This whole yeah. night was, like, crazy because, I mean, it's a long show, but you get Nakamura winning, and then you get Ronda debuting at the end of the women's yep. rumble, which was awesome. Um, you would have been watching this, you would have thought, like, mega star on the rise here. Even, yeah, after, even, they fumbled him at first a little bit. They they fumbled him a little bit, and then they picked him up at SummerSlam. They didn't go with him. They kept going with Ginger, and then yep. they just kept slowly building him up, and then they got him ready for here. And they kind of just didn't go with them. And then it's kind of been teeter-totter ever since. But he's over. He's just over at a mid-card level, which is unfortunate. It could have been so much more. Yeah. Uh, but he seems seems happy, right? I mean, there's worse oh, ways to live. Happy. Yeah. Like, he says, like, what? He's a big surfer and everything. So, yeah, he's getting paid yeah. millions of dollars to work, you know, 10 minutes a night, surf, and live the good life. So, good for him. Kids go to American schools, whatever his goals are. Well, it's funny because I don't, I don't remember seeing him but i think he was at that ring of honor show i went to in 15 on coney island it was SummerSlam weekend um i just look at the full possibility card. I think he definitely was there. Yeah, I think he was it was there. a relationship there so that's definitely possible wish Rocker luke was there too but that's why i missed so i missed brooklyn one because we went to ring of honor because kevin was going to be there coney island was like a cool setting okada was going to be there so, but Brooklyn one was the Sasha, Sasha, which I regretted. Yeah, for sure. Um, but again, NXT wasn't NXT yet. Like the takeovers weren't really, because even like that year would have just been, was it like WrestleMania 31 takeover? What is it really even a takeover? Right? Wasn't it just like no, they did kinda... a secret show, right? Wasn't even aired. Yeah, that was a secret show, and that's kind of where like Vince was just like. 
wow, look at the reactions Charlotte, Sasha, these chicks are getting. I guess Corbin got a big reaction, in which retrospect kind of fucked everyone by Vince falling in love with Corbin that night. But <laughs> yeah, so that yeah, was the show. So Takeover Brooklyn was like really the first big one. Yeah, it was a test kind of thing. Right. You know, and then you get the influx of KO and whatnot. And it took off from there. So, yeah, like, even that night, like, to me, I don't think it was even a decision on my end. Like, yeah, of course they're going to Ring of Honor. They were hot, and, and we knew Kevin and all that. So it was like, you know, seemed easy. Got it. Dana Bryan with the Bob haircut as GM. It's just depressing. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right, man. Listen, this was a lot of fun. Uh, at a blast. Kept the spirit of the show alive, which is us two guys or uh, two friends sitting on the couch watching wrestling. Bullshit. And so it was a good time. Hope you had fun. Yeah. And a blast. Thank you. Right. Be sure to check out everything North South Connection has to offer. Dropping shows pretty regularly. Wrestling, pop culture, sports, mainly wrestling. A lot of it evergreen content as well. If you like the kind of nerdy stuff we talked about tonight, we got tons of shows like that. <laughs> we do all sorts of deep dives and lists and rankings and everything else. Facebook.com slash North South Connection. Rate us and review us on any podcatcher app. And be sure to reach out with any feedback. Look forward to the next one. Keep that connection behind. Stay connected. Stay connected. Nailed it.